1: Dreaming again of exotic places? Wishing you were somewhere else? We offer you... Escape.
2: Escape. Designed to free you from the four walls of today... For a half hour of high adventure...
1: Escape with us now to the year 100,080 and a world where beauty and terror live side by side as H.G. Wells describes it in his immortal story, The Time Machine. Dudley, you must be mad. A time machine. Yes, my friend, a time machine. This... this thing... This very thing. This contraption, this framework made of quartz and bronze and ivory, with its levers and its dials and its seat in the middle, this is the result of three years' hard work. I promise you, Fala, that on this machine a man can go wherever he likes in time. By working these levers, a man can choose his century, his year, his very day. Oh, really, old man. Time is only a kind of space. If we can move about in all the other dimensions of space, why not in time, too? It's, it's impossible. Out of the question. And well, what are the journeys I've already taken on this little contraption? I'm afraid you've been having a bad dream. You mean I've developed into a liar. Very well. You shall have proof, my friend. How? Just climb on, Fowler. Sit in the seat beside me, face these ivory dials, and I'll take you for a little spin. Well, you, you mean right now? Right now. I want just... Um, in case this thing should take off like the flying red horse, are there any... Um, any preparations? Uh... No, Fowler, no. You won't need any luggage on this trip, not even a toothbrush. You'll be back here in my laboratory in less than a minute all right i'm on now what hold tight it sways a good deal i'd hate to lose you <laughs> i can't be frightened dudley then you're braver than i am tell me what time is it it's um just 12 noon before we start i want to adjust this control a bit hmm. is uh, is everything ship shape Did you notice anything just then? Only a noise, a humming noise, nothing else. And what time is it? You just asked me, old man, it's tw. Well, that's odd. What? My watch says 11 o'clock. I could have sworn it was noon a moment ago. There must be something wrong with it. It's only that I touched the lever to test it, and we've gone forward a full day. 23 hours, at any rate. Yes, but... But Dudley... Finished scoffing, Fowler? Yes. Yes, I believe I have. Then hold tight. This will be the real article. I'm ready, Dudley. Good man. Well, say goodbye, father. Say goodbye to 1950. We went off with a shattering jar. With the machine swaying under us. Walls of Dr. Dudley's laboratory suddenly fell away night was speeding after day like the flapping of a black wing i saw the sun hopping across the sky leaping swiftly across it every second and every second marking a day i saw the moon spinning through her quarters like a ball from new to full all in the twinkling of an eye trees grew and blossomed like puffs of smoke and then passed away and all the while we were going faster now our pace was a year a second so that second by second the white snow flashed across the world and was followed by the bright, brief spring. And still we went on, into the future. How do you feel, Fallout? Very weak, very dizzy. Oh, let go, don't fall out. Where are we? How far have we come? We're in 100,050, and and 60, and 70. That's enough! Stop it, Dudley, I can't stand anymore! Stop it! I believe so. No broken bones. What happened? Not sure. Must have stopped too suddenly. Where are we, Dudley? Look around for yourself. A wide lawn. Beautiful, vast garden. No, I'm, I meant geographically. Just where we were when we started, where my laboratory stood hundred thousand years ago. And the year, Dudley? What is the year now? One hundred thousand and eighty. It seemed absolutely incredible. A dream. But a pleasant one. For the garden in which we found ourselves was beautiful and summery. With an unexpected perfume about it. Almost like platine. At some distance we could see a large and imposing building. And everything was, was quiet and peaceful. But almost too much so... And the sense of strangeness, of incredible strangeness, sent a shiver up my spine. 100,080. Farnham, do you want to go back? Yes, I rather think I do. Let's go back. (whistles) Dudley. From over there, in the bushes. It sounded human. Come on! Why, it's a child. Seems to be a very small girl. There's been a beast here of some kind struggle with the look at uh, the marks in her arms. Yes. Now, my dear, you'll be all right now. You won't be harmed. Of course, she won't understand English. Motioning us to go with her. Yeah. What about the animal? Did you see it? No, not a glimpse. Too fast for us. Perhaps we'd better go back, Dudley. The girl seems to be all right now. Leave her like this? Yes, yes, I've had enough. Well, they haven't, old man. Because they're here. All around us. They had crept up on soundless feet to surround us, the little people of this era. And the girl we had saved was not a child, but a full grown woman. For well, they all stood four feet high, dressed in simple tunics, beautiful creatures, but terribly frail, with a plump, soft kind of frailty. They were like eerie figures in a dream. And all we could hear was the rustling of their clothes as they surged happily around us, their faces, wreathed in smiles. Why, why they're not savage at all. They're very loving and gentle little people. Yes, there's something terribly wrong with them. How do you mean? Seem to have the minds of five-year-olds. How do you expect them to be? Far ahead of us, of course, incredibly ahead of us in knowledge and in science. Look at them children. They seem happy in this huge garden of theirs. Uh, Dudley, (laughs) I've changed my mind. Let's stay. Maybe we shall enjoy spending a few days with our little friends. The little people led us home into their valley. They lived in colossal buildings, sleeping all together in one huge hall, eating in another, playing and frolicking together in the sunshine. And we lived with them for days in utter contentment. One afternoon, Dudley and I walked along the banks of the great river. Little people all wear the same clothes, the same soft, hairless skin, same feminine roundness of limbs. I wonder if it's because they're vegetarians. Vegetarians because they have to be. You haven't run across any horses or dogs, cattle of any kind, have you? No, now that you mention it. With good reason. All extinct by now. Just as the dinosaur is with us. Dudley, there's something strange here. Something hidden away and silent here in the year 100,080. Felt the same way. I've taken the precaution of removing the control levers of the time machine, putting a master padlock on the main switches. Not much fancy, the idea of someone riding away with it into another century and leaving us here for the rest of our lives. Uh, Dudley, do you know where we are? Uh yes, this is where we landed. I thought so. I wasn't sure. But what did you ask? What's happened to the machine? What? But it, they've taken it away. They've stolen it. This is where it was. It's right here. Look, follow the tracks. Here where they've dragged it. Over here, yes. come along. Down this path. Look. Right there, the monument. There's a brass doors in the base. Oh, they're locked. The machine. It, it must be in there. Yes. Inside. We must get it. Break down the door. How? How can we? Here. Use the ladders. All right, inside. Like, it's more. What? Uh, no, it's. Uh, it's no good, Dudley. they solid. We'll never break through. Never. No. Never. We got mean we stay here. here all our lives. Do we never go home again? It <laughs> <You laughs> Must open the machine. <laughs> oh, <no>. Time machine. <laughs>
2: The laughs that Red Skelton and Amos and Andy bring to CBS on Sunday nights are doubled, tripled, and quadrupled because of the friends, relatives, and strange acquaintances they bring with them. Hardly a Sunday night goes by, but you meet Shorty, the Kingfish, Sapphire, and a whole host of Amos and Andy funny friends. Red Skelton generously gives time to Willie, Clam, and the rest of his laugh-provoking pals. You're invited to meet them all again tonight on most of these same stations, when Red Skelton and his gang and Amos and Andy and their friends packed the house with mirth that's CBS, The Star's Address. And now we return you to Escape.
1: We were caught in the year 100,018. The time machine was gone. The brass doors of the monument held. Our retreat was cut off, the thin line by which we could make our way back home, back to our own time and our own people, back to 1950. We had no way of communicating with the little people, of asking what they had done with the machine or or how to get it back. There was nothing hostile in their attitude. They were more like simple, wandering children. Only one, the young woman Weena, whose life we had saved on our first day had become really friendly. She went with us wherever we walked... and brought us presents of garlands, of flowers... slept near us at night in the hall... and we in turn had taught her a few words of English. Now we redouble our efforts like men racing against a clock... so that we might speak to her and discover the secret of our immense loss. We were talking to her one night after the others had gone to sleep.
3: No, not these, Dudley. No.
1: How can you be so sure your people didn't steal the machine... Are there any thieves among them? Are they all perfect? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Not so loud, Dudley. We'll oh. wake them. she doesn't understand. The thief must be sleeping somewhere in this hall. Weena, they take machine. No, Dudley, no. Who then? Who? Uh, we, we are our friends. Yes. We must have machine. Yes, Dudley. Yes. Who took machine? Other people? Not yours? Other? Uh, what about those doors, Weena? Uh, doors? Open? No, no. Weena, machine in, in there. Must open. No, no, not open. Oh, all right, my dear. Go to sleep, get some rest. Yes, Dudley. Please. It's to become of us, Fowler. Are we caught here in this century? We spend our lives with the little people and their secret. We'll go back to the monument tomorrow. We'll find a way of breaking in. Good night, Dudley. Dudley? Yes? Yeah. Did you just... <coughs> there it was again. What? Something... On my face cold mm-hmm. filthy to the touch on my face and in my hair as cold as death dudley oh. you're right there's something in here with us <laughs> smells of the grave what was it i don't know but look at them look at the little people are all awake it's though they've been stampeded <sighs> let's get out of here i want some fresh air we went quickly through the hall and outside away from the frantic rustling of the little people the moon was full just overhead and it was close to dawning there was a faint sound speeding close behind us, and we turned, our nerves ragged, our muscles tensed. But it was only Weena coming swiftly to join us. Dudley,
4: afraid. And then there is Dark.
1: something. What do you mean, Weena? Dark. What?
3: Dark thing. Dark place. Night.
1: Why should they be afraid of the night, Dudley? It's not the night alone. Dark place, that's our cube. Perhaps it's something underground. <laughs> It was another day. We had wandered into a lovely wooded place about a mile from the community, and suddenly Weena screamed. And we stopped short. A pair of glaring eyes were fixed upon us. As we stood there, petrified, the thing, a little ape like figure, rushed across our path and disappeared in the clearing about thirty yards away. What was it? I couldn't see it too well. It seemed to be a dull white, with white hair on its head and down its back. It looked like a small it ape. It was running on all fours, oh, with its arms held very low. Weena, Weena, what was it?
3: Morlocks,
1: the Morlocks. Who are the Morlocks? What are they? Weena, tell me. No, no. Let's go over there and see where it disappeared. Come along, Fowler. In the clearing, we found a round well-like opening. Dudley and I leaned over and looked down a deep shaft. A small, white creature was retreating down a ladder in the well, like a human spider, its large, bright eyes watching me as it went swiftly down. Then it disappeared in the shaft. Fowler, did you see it? Like an ape. Yes, but also like a man. So there are two species of men in this world. Yes. The little people above the ground and this obscene thing, this bleached monster below. (laughs) That white look, common to animals that live in the dark. Like huge rats, like worms that are cold to the touch. I know, because they've touched me. Mala. you can feel the air being sucked down into this shaft. Yes. The earth must be tunneled enormously here under our feet. These monsters must live in the tunnels. I think we know now who stole our time machine. Yes. Then... Then we'll go down and have a look. No, no, not go. Why not, not Dina? Morlocks, you'll never come back. We must have our machine, my dear. You wait for us here. No. No. And so we went down. Our heels ringing on the small metallic bars that were meant for creatures so much smaller than us. Down we climbed. Down. Down. Ever in darkness. Down, it seemed, into the center of the earth. Into the core of the world. How much longer? Won't know until we reach bottom. Can't be much further. Do you hear that? Like machinery. We're almost there. Well, thank heaven for that. All right, Father, I'm on the bottom. Come along, just a few more steps. Give me your hand, Father. Uh, good. Good.
3: Uh, good.
1: We're here. He's in the land of the Morlocks. Do you have a match? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, here. Seems to be a large vaulted cavern at the end of this passage.
0: Uh, what do you uh,
1: suppose they'll do if they catch us? I've no idea. Better take care not to be caught. Ah, another match. That throbbing noise. Probably their ventilating system pumping the air down. There must be thousands upon thousands of these Morlocks living under the earth. We haven't seen any yet except for our friend who came down ahead of us. Why why do you suppose they wanted our time machine? I think they wanted us, not the machine. And we've come to them. We must. It's our only chance. Fowler, if that noise does come from air pumps. Yeah? Why is it so stuffy here, so oppressive? Dudley. Is that smell? Blood. Light another match. <coughs> Dudley. Look. Straight ahead. On the white metal table. Set for a meal. Yes. With a small haunch... Meat. We know that the cattle are extinct. Then, what do they feed on these Morlocks? Don't you know? Yes, I know. Oh, Another match? Yes, I uh, Oh, Dudley, I have no more. I've used our last match. Oh. All right, we'll we'll have to go back Mm. then. We know the secret now, anyway. These Morlocks living here, underground, are the masters of this age. And our friends up above, fatted cattle, fed by the Morlocks, clothed, supplied, and housed until the day when, when they're cut out of the herd and brought underground as food. This is the future you're looking at. This is what we men of the 20th century shall come to. Dudley! What is it? I felt hands. Cold hips. Take one of these levers. Yes,
0: use it as a weapon. Lash
1: out! Against this wall! Fowler here beside me! They're moving in. Fight them! Use the lever, man! Use the lever! Dudley, they're all around us. This way! Fowler this way! Back this way! We went back in that evil darkness, fighting every step as we went. By my side. Back to those projecting bars, kicking and clawing ourselves loose from their pallid, grasping hands, and climbing up again, up toward daylight and freedom, away from their stench and the eagerness of their icy hands. And they did not follow, for daylight was their enemy and their great fear. And we lived among the lush gardens of the little people like prisoners. Like men without reprieve. Like men who are dead, though they still walk the earth. For the time machine was locked away behind great brass doors. And we knew we could never force them open. Then one day... Wiener told us of an old building, an ancient sagging structure that had survived through many ages and was filled with many curious objects. A museum, that's what it must be, a museum, Fowler. Perhaps from some earlier time. I'm in no mood to go looking at a museum. Don't you see? What? Specimens, hermetically sealed in museums. Perhaps there are things, weapons, machinery, something we can use. Yes, yes, of course. If we could find some dynamite or gunpowder or something. We could blast those doors, we could get in. Um, Where is this place, Weena? This this old building that no one ever goes near? I take you, it's not far. A chance, old man. A slim one, but a chance nonetheless. All day we wandered through the great ruined halls. The building had been deserted, unused for perhaps a century. The childlike men of that time had long since ceased to care about anything but their own personal comforts. It was late afternoon and growing dark when we came upon the chemical section. We had found nothing useful to us until then, and now came the worst disappointment of all. And it's dust, all of it. Been dust for centuries. Another dead end. Ah, it's hopeless. We were out of our heads to hope that nitrates would retain their form for a hundred thousand years. We go now? There's nothing here. Oh, wait just a moment. Something in this case. Well, you can break it with your lever. Stand back a little. All right. <laughs> Box of matches. Hermetically sealed. Now, wait, let me see and well, they're perfect. But well, they're not even damp. What shall we do with them? Burn down those brass doors? Oh, you'd better keep them. You can, can't tell. Paula. What? On the floor, you see them? Where? Small, narrow footprints leading away into the darkness at the end of this gallery. Dudley! Uh, we'd better go. Think ween up Queen carry. we will have to run for us. <laughs> uh, don't be frightened, my dear. It'll be all right. Go on, run! We came out of the gloom of that place, into the deeper gloom of dusk. And suddenly we saw... We were trapped. All around us were the Morlocks. They were there by the thousand, surrounding us, and coming closer in the long, even line of deathly fight, their eyes blinking in the half-light, their tiny mouths alive with appetite. How
2: the matches? I have them dipped like a fire. Here, please. Here. Hurry, man, the forest is dry.
1: Hurry, Hurry, man. We'll have an inferno here in a minute. Our little friends don't like light or heat. The fire leaped high to the heavens and the countryside was ablaze. The morlocks turned in fear, blinded by the glare. Some of them blundered into the middle of the raging flames and the rest faded away like a fog. Dudley had left a narrow passageway for our retreat and we fled down a long corridor of leaping flames and blistering heat. We fled to safety toward the community of the little people. As we ran, we passed the huge monument with its great bronze doors that were locked tight in our time machines. And suddenly, in the glare of the distant fires, we saw something that stopped us short. They're open, Follow The doors are open! No, no, not go in. Dudley, no. It's a trap. They're there waiting for us inside. Waiting or not? We're going in. Dudley, it's suicide. It it'll start. take me one minute to screw the levers on again, then I touch them and we're away. All right, I'll try to give you your one Good minute. Good boy. No, no, go. Not leave me. No, you, you, my dear, you hold tight around my neck. You're coming home with us. All right. All right, let's go. Willing, I'll look through the machine. Oh. They haven't harmed it. I don't see them yet. Come on now, quickly. The doors, Dudley. Oh, They're closed. Get in the seat. I'll be ready in a moment. I oh. waited for the hum that would signal our departure. And there in the darkness, the Morlocks were finally upon us. Cold, persistent fingers swarmed over my body, tugging at me, sucking me away from the machine. I held tight to Wiener as a man holds fast to life. I tried to kick them away with my feet. Hurry, Dudley, hurry! I'm to get these levers quickly or we're done! One more turn, Eddie! There, Fowler, we're away, we're gone! Yes. Yes, we made it. Are you all right? I'm all right, Claude. And Wiener? Wiener isn't with us. What happened? They tore her from my hands at the last minute. They got her. I I tried to save her, but I I couldn't. I still have a piece of her tunic here in my fist. Little piece of her tunic, Dudley. Nothing else. And so we came home again, back into the very minute from which we had left, back into 12 noon, October 22nd, 1950. We were in Dudley's laboratory again, motionless, sitting on the ridiculous contraption which he has called a time machine. Was it all a dream? Did any of it happen? Could any of it happen? Of course not. How stupid. Then what of this? What of this little piece of thin green silk I hold in my hand? <laughs>
2: Escape is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald. Today, we have brought you The Time Machine by H.G. Wells, adapted for radio by Irving Ravitch, and starring John Daner as Fowler and Larry Dobkin as Dudley, with Georgia Ellis as Weena. The special music for Escape was arranged and played by Ivan Dittmars. Next
1: week, escape with us to a small fishing boat off the California coast at a night of terror and death at the hands of a brilliant madman as Bud A. Nelson tells it in his exciting story, Seven Hours to
2: Freedom. Hollywood star Dick Powell plays Paul Revere and takes Charlie McCarthy with him on his historic ride tonight on CBS. Charlie's flunked his history course, so Bergen has asked Dick Powell to help him out. The historic ride becomes hysteric as Charlie, Bergen, and Dick try to reenact the famous ride. Listen tonight on most of these same CBS stations. Stay tuned now for Make-Believe Town. This is Roy Rowan speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
3: at checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001stories at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it.
4: And now, tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, we depart from the usual to bring you a play from one of the greatest authors of science fiction, Mr. Ray Bradbury. It is the story of a last voyage in a spaceship and the six men who took it. So now, starring Mr. William Conrad, here is tonight's suspense play, Kaleidoscope. He was a spaceship cargo carrier, seven years old,
5: with over a million and a half miles lost in her wake. Within her metallic skin was the world of the crew, an atom of life surrounded by a vast expanse of nothingness. The ship and the crew were owned by the company, a third-class vessel operated by third-class personnel, and each of us hoping that in our day would come promotion to second class, or even to first, and the great hushed passenger liners. Which were also owned by the company. The company ran everything. There wasn't anyone else to work for. And you accepted what was given. Not gratefully, but with hope. There were 19 of us to begin with on a routine voyage. Our cargo, seasoned lumber. I was at control on the second day out. Stone navigating. On the nose. Good. Control, bearing mark, Captain.
0: Right. Hollis, where's the captain?
4: In his cabin. On
0: the bottle again. Why didn't you ask Kim? I don't have to, Stoney. I can smell him all the way in. You want something, Applegate? C-tube's blowing again. It isn't showing on the indicator. I can't
5: help that. Wait a minute. Captain, control. Yeah. Applegate reports C-tube blowing, sir. Oh? It doesn't show on the indicator, sir.
4: All right. I'll be right there.
0: And what was the idea of that? What, telling him it didn't show. You're trying to louse me up? You better keep
5: check on that tube.
0: Who's giving orders? I am. Oh, my sage to you, friend. Oh, come on, Applegate. I don't want to blow up.
5: I've got two weeks of pay coming when we get back. Here, give me a power check, will you? Sure. Uh, something must be haywire with the indicator. Get it straightened out, Hollis? Uh, she's not firing in sequence, sir. Heating up, too.
4: Uh, let me see. Like this. Rockets, this is the captain.
0: Stimson, sir. It's C tube, I think. Heating the others, too. Lock off's frozen.
4: Use emergency. Stand by. Come on, come on.
0: Control, this is Applegate. Emergency doesn't answer. It's getting too hot.
5: Maybe it'll answer from here, sir. Applegate, get your men out of there.
6: Stand by to abandon. Keep
4: going, Kurt. Shall I sound the alarm? Yes.
6: Here's the captain. This is the captain. Get into your suits. You've got about two minutes, maybe less. Get into your suits. The ship is going to explode. Get into your suits. Abandon. Abandon. Get into your suits.
5: The concussion cut the spaceship up the side like a giant can opener. Those of us who weren't immediately killed were thrown into space like wriggling silverfish, scattered into a dark sea. And the ship, in a million pieces, went on. A meteor swarm, seeking a lost sun.
6: Captain! 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 The sound of our voices Captain!
5: calling like lost children on a cold night.
6: Captain! Who called? All
5: Hollis, this is... is Don. Hello. Don. Don, this is Hollis. Where are you?
6: I don't know. How can I? Which way is up? I'm falling. Oh, God, I'm falling. We're going away from each other. Who is that? This is the captain. Who is that? Lester. Captain. Where are you? Where are you?
5: We were hurtling in space in every direction. And now instead of men, there were only voices. Voices communicating by radio phones. All kinds of voices. Disembodied and impassioned in varying degrees of terror and resignation. All moving away from one another. We were wearing our sealed tight spacesuits with glass tubes over our faces. But there hadn't been time to lock on the propulsion units. Not time enough. And without them, we were meteors, senseless, each going to a separate and irrevocable fate.
4: This is the captain. I want
6: a roll call. Who? <laughs> who is that?
0: This is Applegate,
6: sir. Applegate. Next. Lespair.
5: Le...
4: Who?
6: Lespair. Simpson.
4: Lespair. Simpson. John. Alice. Uh, anybody else? Anyone else?
6: Stone to Hollis. How long can we talk our a
5: Well, it depends on how fast you're going your way and I'm going mine.
2: An hour, I make it. What happened?
5: A rocket blew up. Didn't you feel it? That's all. Rockets do blow up. Which way are you going?
4: It looks like I'll hit the moon.
5: Well, it's Earth for me.
4: That's nice.
5: Back to old Mother Earth at ten thousand miles an hour. I'll burn like a match a when I hit way the atmosphere. Down.
6: A long, long, well, stones long going to the moon. Way down.
5: I know where I'd like to see Applegate go.
6: I don't want to die. I don't want to die. It's a long way down. Who's that? I don't
5: know. Stimson, I think. Stempsen, is that you? This is Hollis. It's
6: a long, long way, and I don't like it. I don't like Dimson,
5: it. Stempsen, this is Hollis. Stimson, do you hear me? Stimson. Yes? You take it easy now.
6: I don't want to be here. We're all in there. the same fix. I don't want to be here. I'm afraid.
5: There's a chance we'll be found.
6: <laughs> I heard that. Oh, what a liar you are, Hollis. You shut up, Applegate. So come and make me. Come on, Alice, come and make me shut up. I don't believe this. I don't believe any of this is happening. Not to me, it's a bad dream. Now,
5: take it easy, Stumpson. Hey, you know, I don't feel so bad. Who's that? It's
6: me, Stone Lestere. I was just thinking. I've had a pretty good time. Lots of good times. Hey, did I ever tell you about my wife? Which one? Who's
0: that? did.
6: Oh, sure. How do you feel, Applegate? Oh, why don't you shut up? No kidding about my wife, the one on Mars. Did I ever tell you?
4: That's enough. This is the captain. You've got to figure a way out of this. Make a plan.
0: I size to you, Captain. But what did you say? Oh, you heard me. Don't try pulling rank on me. You're 10,000 miles away by now. You listen to me, Applegate. Consider this a mutiny of one, Captain. Hang me. <laughs> Kill me. Look, I want to tell you something. Your ship was a bad ship, and you were a bad captain, and I hope you break wherever you're going.
4: I'm ordering you to stop, Applegate. Be
0: my guest. Order me some more. You're going to put me in chains till we land? My sash to you, Captain. Hey, fellas, let me tell you about my wife, the one on Venus.
6: <laughs> it doesn't matter now. I guess anybody can know now, Oh, listen, I had it real good. One wife on Mars, another on Venus, one on Jupiter. Oh, oh, oh. oh, boy, what a time. Hey, Stone? Yeah? Remember the time we put into Mars port for repairs? I remember. Well, uh, that's when I met the first one. You know what those Mars girls are like?
3: <laughs> well.
5: Les went on and on with his talk about his wives. An interplanetary biganess. His money, his wonderful times, drunkenness, gambling. On and on, while we fell in space, away from each other. Let's spare reminiscing on the past, happy while he fell to his death. Space. Thousands of miles of space and the voice vibrating in the center of it. No one visible at all, only the radio waves quivering and trying to quicken other men into emotion. I
6: can A man's had a life like I've had, it's not so bad. (laughs) Not
0: much left for me to do, I guess. Then, this is the captain. I want you to know that I'm very grateful for your loyalty. You've been a good crew. Hollis, Stone, if you get out of this, I have you both posted for a promotion. It'll go through when you report.
4: Applegate. I wish that it
5: Captain Captain
0: And to one a meteorite got him. Any takers? Hollis. Hollis, can you think of something? Something to do? Why ask him, Stinson? I'll tell you something to do. Make it quick, easy. Open the valve on your suit. We're finished, all of us
5: okay, everyone's gonna cry over me <laughs> And we fell through space, five of us living, each in his orbit of loneliness moving away from the other. From this outer edge of my life, looking back, there was one remorse. And that only that I wish I could go on living.
0: All dying people feel that way, Hollis.
5: What? Uh, oh, Stone, I, I I didn't know I was thinking out loud. It's funny. As if I'd never
0: lived. Yeah, I know. I know. Hollis? Hey, Hollis. What is it? Sample again.
5: All right, what?
0: let you and me talk, huh? Go ahead. You hate my guts, don't you? I never
5: thought much about it. Now, oh, don't
0: give me that. You and that superior way of yours, I want to tell you something. I was the one who blackballed you with the rocket company five years ago. Did you hear me? I heard you. Well, how does that make you feel? Nothing. You wanted to get to the top all your life, I know. I'll bet you always wondered what happened. Well, it was me, see? I put the black mark on you before I was tossed out myself. That
5: isn't important.
0: Well, I had a good time. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good thing to think
6: about, too. I had a wife on Mars, Venus, one in Jupiter. So you said, (laughs) Mr. And I'm saying it again. I like to think about it. They all had money, too. Oh, yes, they treated me just fine. You know, once I got drunk and gambled $20,000, $20,000 in one night, just like that. Oh, it's been a good
5: life. But you're here now, Lesbierre. I didn't have any of those things. I was jealous of you, funny little man. How did you rate it? The women, the good times. Women frightened me. And I went into space always wanting them. Jealous of you for having them. And money. And as much happiness as man could want. Well, I'm not jealous anymore, though. Because it's over for you just the way it is for me. Now it's like it never was. It's all over, Lesper. It just never was. You hear me, Lespair? Who's there? It's Hollis. Do you hear me? You're out here, Lespair, falling, dying. It's all over. Just as if it never happened, isn't it?
6: No.
5: It happened. When anything's over, it's just like it never happened. Where's your life any better than mine now, huh? Now's what counts. Is it any better? Is it?
4: Yes,
6: it's better. How? How? Because I've got my thoughts. Good thoughts. I remember thoughts. What good? What good are they? You going to be rescued? You going to live more than a few hours? I'm resting easy. I've had my turn. I'm not getting vicious at the end. Not like you. Vicious.
5: Vicious. Take it easy, Hollis.
6: <clears throat> I know how you feel, Hollis. I, I don't take it personally. You're all right. I always thought that. Hey. What? What's the matter? I, I can see something. do Stone. Yeah. I, I can see lights. They look like lights. Where? What? Where? Where are you? Must be a ship. Maybe they'll see it. Which way are you going, Stone? It, it's lights, I tell you. I can see a plane. Which way? Which way? Where are you, Stone? Where? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Guess what? Huh? What? Stone? Stone. <laughs> what? what? I got myself into a meteor swarm. little asteroid. Meteor? Yes. I think it's a myrmidon cluster. You know, Hollis, uh, the one that goes out past Mars and in toward Earth once every five years while well, I'm right in the middle. Stone! Stone! It's like a big kaleidoscope. That's what I thought with the light. All kinds of colors and shapes. Are... Oh, it's beautiful. All that metal. I'm going with them. They're taking me with them. I'll be... Stone! So long, Hollis. So long. Good luck, Stone! Ah, don't be funny.
5: I looked. There was nothing. Only the great diamonds and sapphire and emerald myths and velvet inks of space. And then in the sudden calmness of his going, there was a kind of wonder in the thought of stone going off in the meteor swarm. Out mm-hmm. past Mars for years and coming in toward Earth every five years, passing in and out for the next million centuries. Alice. This is spare.
6: You all right? Yes, I'm fine. I can't
5: hear you so good. You there? Alice? This is Hollis. I'm okay. You? Alice,
6: there must be something wrong with
5: the phone. Alice, Can you hear me? Uh, say something, will you? Turn up the booster. Turn
6: up your booster. Hollis, can you hear me?
5: Yeah. Yes, yes, I hear you.
6: Hey, that's fine now. Yeah, Oh, I thought you were gone. Who are you talking to?
5: The Stone. Ah.
6: Uh, hey, uh, who else is
0: around?
5: Applegate. Uh, Applegate! I'm here. Stimson! Stimson!
6: Hey, Stimson! I guess he's gone, too. A and...
0: You see anything?
6: Uh, I wasn't looking. I was thinking. I figure think I'll hit Mars. Oh, Mars. Wouldn't that be something if I landed in the wife's backyard? <laughs> She'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> That's pretty funny, huh? Is that you, Applegate? <laughs> no, I thought it was you.
5: Uh,
6: Alex?
5: <laughs> no, it must be Thompson.
6: <laughs> Thompson. <laughs> Thompson. <laughs> I, I want to wake up, Mama. Mama, I want to
0: wake up. Make him stop, will you? Simpson, shut him up. Simpson.
6: Simpson, <laughs> will you listen
5: to me? Now, Simpson, listen to me. Elbow Gates right. It'll be easier.
6: <laughs> you open your valve. Open it. <laughs> listen to me, Simpson. Open your valve. Now. Do it now. It won't hurt. Only a second, Simpson. Open your mouth, Simpson. Alice. Applegate. Yeah. Has he gone? I guess so. Oh. Hey, anybody know what time it is? Oh, wouldn't you care? What'd you say? Applegate. The boost is fading. Uh, what did you say? I don't know. Oh, well, I guess it doesn't matter. Habit, I suppose. You mind if I keep talking? time passes the time.
5: The goodbyes. Voices dying. Men dying. The awareness of life my own. What can I do? Is there anything I can do to make up for a terrible and empty life? If only I could do one good thing to make up for the meanness I collected all these years and didn't even know it was in me.
0: Alice? Alice, this is Appleby. Yes? Alice, that was right you told Stimson to do. I, I said it to make him feel bad, but you did it right.
5: I murdered him. No,
0: no, 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 you didn't. Listen, Hollis, this isn't good, this thing between you and me. It's a bad way to die. Are you listening, Hollis? Yes, I'm listening. I I lied. I didn't blackball you. Can you hear me? Yes. Listening to your talk when you were saying those things to the about it not battering, and he said about you being vicious... Made me ashamed. I've been like that too.
5: It's all right. They understand. Can you get Lesper?
0: No. No, he was gone an hour ago. Can you hear him?
5: No. Last thing I heard, he he was singing a dirty song.
0: Quite a guy. Yeah. You're fading out.
5: You too. What? I... I hope everything's okay with you, Applegate. I... I hope you go to heaven or wherever you want. I hope for you. You're getting soft, Hollis. Better open your valve. So long. Take it easy, Applegate.
4: So
0: long, Hollis. Don't do anything I wouldn't do.
6: Applegate! Applegate! So
5: long. Any time now, I'll hit the Earth's atmosphere. I'll burn and be scattered in ashes all over the continental land. But I'll be put to use. Just a little bit. But ashes are ashes and they'll add to the land. I wanted to make something of my life. To be liked. To do good for people. To make them happy. Now it's all gone. I wish I could do a good thing. Just something for me to know about. When I hit the atmosphere, I'll burn like a meteor. I wonder if anyone will see me.
4: bed, Sonny.
6: Okay. Hey, hey. Hmm? Look up there,
2: Mom. A following star.
1: I saw it. Make a wish, dear. Make a wish.
4: Suspense, in which Mr. William Conrad starred in tonight's presentation of Kaleidoscope, written by Ray Bradbury. Next week, the story of two people and the terror that rode with them in the city. We call it Backseat Driver. That's next week on Suspense. Produced and directed by Anthony Ellis, who adapted tonight's script. The music was composed by Rennie Garrigan and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Special technical effects by Robert Chadwick. Featured in the cast were Stacey Harris, Harley Bear, Howard McNear, John Daner, Sam Edwards, Georgia Ellis, and Master Jonathan Ellis. This is the CBS Radio Network.